<laughs> yes, sir. It's, it's my time. My time. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am the host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions for success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their life the best life they can do, possibly. This is my passion. I want you to share my, I want to share my gifts with you so you can stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present you as you go through. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcome, Overcoming the odds is mostly important, definitely important, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is a first-generation Nigerian-American who has transitioned from being the uh, sarcastic waiter on the Mike and Molly sitcom to starring as an investigator in CBS in the CBS All Access series, The Good Fight. He's a former athlete, you know, athlete, college basketball player, Bucknell University. You know, you say Bucknell, you got to go deep. Bucknell University, who received his Master's <laughs> of Fine Arts from the graduate acting, graduate acting program at New York University. My guest is a busy actor. We already know that. He's a comic book aficionado. You may not know that. And he's an avid gamer. You may not, may not have known that either. That's what we're going to find out about all these interesting side, side deals that he's doing in his life. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man. Niambi, Niambi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How you doing? Oklahoma. That's where you're from? Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. I was born on the campus of the University of Oklahoma. So I'm uh, I'm sooner born, sooner bred, and when I die, I'll be sooner dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, you know, that's, that's kind of, I was yeah. almost cornered there, Niambi. That's almost cornered there. But that's it. That's it. That's what we do. That's the University of Oklahoma. I didn't make it up. They said it. I know it. I know it. I, I know it. I know it. So, so being a boy in Oklahoma, you know, Trey Young, isn't he for Trey Young's from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, he's from Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One okay. Of, yeah, one of our Oklahoma greats. Now, as as an athlete, okay, athlete. Now yeah. you're an actor. You know, the, 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 the academics played away. Bucknell wasn't an easy school to get academic training in. So, so as no. an athlete, so let's talk about that. Uh, was 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 the possibility of being an actor on the horizon, or just playing basketball on the horizon, the NBA? Well, you say that one more time. I'm sorry. Was, was the was being an actor in the NBA? Was being an actor mm-hmm. was the goal, or just being an actor the goal? An actor, an actor. You know, um, the the goal for me, you know, had always been um, basketball, and right. and 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 taking it to you know, uh, you know, taking it as far as possible. Like you know, the dream, of course, is to play in the NBA. Uh, you know, but luckily, my father is like, yeah, you, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You, know, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to do something different. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to. You have to find what 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 is the thing that you are that um, you can fall back on, and so I'm like, uh, wow, I, I want to fall back on basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but while doing that, um, you know, I did have other adventures that I was into, you know, as far as the artwork. But I had an uncle. I have an uncle who was a painter who you know was was struggling from you know from um, from you know commission to commission. Uh, you know, very successful, but that's how he was was operating. And then um, I was thinking about, you know, if I want to, you know, sit at a desk and and you know be in, in in advertising. And I knew that that's something I didn't want to do. Right now, in the meantime, I'd always been active. 
but acting for fun. Like, it was, you know, doing it as far back as when I first did my first play for Cinco de Mayo in fifth grade. I had always been had a love in for some sort of drum. Yeah, I had a love for it. But I didn't know that that's, I didn't know that I was an actor. I didn't call myself that. It was just something I did as a hobby to have fun. And, um, and it wasn't until I got, I, when I saw the writing on the wall with basketball, that at the same time, I found myself on a stage um, going further than I normally would ever go with uh, with the work and touching on something that where we call in the business of acting, catching the bug. And that just completely, it showed, it showed me the next 80 years, <laughs> you know, just being in that moment uh, on that stage mm-hmm. to where uh, I, I quick, quickly realized that the dream of all dreams was to be an actor. That's that's amazing, you know. The understanding that because you say you started at a very early age, you know. I I know my degree is in mathematics, and I went to work for IBM, and I was just doing stand up comedy, you know. And people ask me, did yeah. you always want to be a stand up? No, I was just a a funny guy. Maybe didn't even realize I was a funny guy, and but it led me mm-hmm. to these opportunities. And the reason I bring that up about you being an athlete, and then now you being a famous actor and a working actor, is that you know we are we are set in a path in life, you know. Our, our parents can point you in the direction and say this is how you should live your life and then but you have to figure out how to live your life in a happy life that is comfortable to you and that's what you're doing right now even though you had the physical traits and the physical ability to be a superior athlete because they're just not passing out scholarships it you know they're not passing them out so somebody looked at you on a regular basis and said we can invest and he can help our team and so but as you went to college how would you? How were your? How, what was your friend saying? You was an athlete. You was acting. How, how was that whole process starting to develop in college? Well, like for me, you know, uh, college is a, is a great place to find out who you are. Like it's a time to like sit back and be like, okay, uh, what do I want to do? What What do I want to do with the rest of my life? Right now. Um, you don't have to find the answer while in college, but you can explore all the answers while you're in college. Right. And uh, for me, you know, I started off as a computer science major, um, but then I found myself uh, like up until five in the morning trying to figure out how to make a clock digitally move one second. Um, <laughs> then and then an hour later, I had to go to practice. So I was like, "Well, I ain't gonna work." Right. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> After that, I was like, well, I'm into art, so let me, you know, be a, uh, an art an art major. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they had art history right after lunch. And um, I, I kept, every time, you know, they turn off the lights, I go right to sleep. And I was like, ah, I guess I can't major in art right now because right. Um, mm-hmm. cause I just can't get past art history. Um, and then uh, I was a, uh, a going to be a theater major. But theater happened at the same time as basketball games, as okay. far as the other uh, plays. Right. So I couldn't do I couldn't do both. So then I was like, all right, uh, well, how about um, I, I just do business? And so um, I ended up being a business uh, major at Bucknell. Um, but then I was still like, I don't know what I would do with this degree in terms of what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and then ultimately, what ended up happening, I found myself, um, you know, auditioning for a play right. and uh, getting cast in it senior year. And, uh, you know, because I was injured. And then my coach, I told him, hey, I got cast in this play as you like it. And then he laughed at me and said, get the practice. You're not doing that. So I was like, OK, all right. But there's something here. 
there's something about this that I, I don't know what it is, but right. there's something here that I, I need to further explore. Mm-hmm. And then doing the um, the, uh, the eulogy for the martyred children by Martin Luther King um, for this um, this gala that was being put up at Bucknell my senior year. When I did that speech for uh, for an audience, that's when I felt completely me, completely where I was supposed to be. Um, more so than I had ever felt, even even when I was, uh, you know, playing at the top of my game, basketball wise. Right. Um, like that 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 same freedom that I felt on a basketball court when I'm like completely letting go and and at my best, uh, you know, um, not thinking. That's how I felt on the stage. That level of freedom. And it's, so it's amazing. Yeah, and I think basketball actually prepared me for that. Being an athlete. You know, it just, uh, you know, um, the, um, uh, you know, the practices would be like rehearsal. The discipline, the, um, the discipline. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, the discipline, all of that, man. Like the things that you, that go into becoming, you know, the best athlete you can become uh, are those, those same things apply to, to um, uh, not only acting, but to any sort of discipline that you're, you're, you're working on. The, um, uh, the very foundation of those, different things that we work on um, uh, require that work. That's really interesting that you're bringing that because it really is, you know, whether you repeatedly practicing your free throw, whether you repeatedly practicing jump shots or repeatedly practicing mm-hmm. your dribble, try to get but that that level of discipline. That's what we're talking about right now. When, you're, when we're talking about success or being consistently successful or trying to rise to a level that you can be successful. I want to ask this question because I, I do get athletes on my calls a lot. And 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 you're an individual who got a college scholarship. So you had athletes. Aspirations, I believe, to be an NBA player. We all want to be Michael Jordan. We all want to be Kobe Bryant. We all want to be Charles Barkley. We always want to be, if you got the bulk, to be a Shaq. What, did, did, at what point in your athletic career you realize, you know, some, I'm not going to be at that level? Or did you ever realize that and you said, I'm just going to go in this direction to something I feel I can, I can excel in? For me, um, you know, I always wanted to be Magic Johnson. Because you know that that was my my my, my favorite player uh, of all time, um, and I just assumed that I would grow to be six eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I stopped at six feet. Uh, <laughs> I think my body was like, you know what, you're good, you're good at six feet. You don't need to other. you don't need to go any further. Just six feet. Um, but I, I want to be magic. No, six feet. Um, so um, so I was like, all right, cool, six feet. Like, we try to work with this. Um, but then, you know, uh, sophomore year in, in college, um, you know, was actually a turning point for me because I actually wanted to transfer. I wanted to actually go someplace else and, and play because, you know, as far as style of play and relationship to coach just wasn't, you know, wasn't there. Right. And I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to go somewhere else where I could, you know, I could maximize my skill set. And, uh, and what was said to me then uh, when I, I had uh, spoken to the coach, um, actually put me in a place that made me, and this is truth be told, honestly, um, made me fall out of love for playing organized basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, I love the game, and I've always loved the game that will never leave me. But there's something about organized basketball, organized sports, that all of a sudden became, um, it, 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 it no longer... 
became the sort of a fun playground. A passion for you. Um, a passion for you. Thing. Yeah, the passion. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that, so th- th- that's when it started for me. Because I mean, look, I'm you know I'm, I'm working these basketball camps, I'm working at Georgetown University basketball camp, playing with those guys afterwards. Uh, working the University of Maryland basketball camp, playing with those guys afterwards. If you think about it, back then that's when Steve Blake was there, mm-hmm. when um, um, when uh, Juan Dixon was there, Laurent mm-hmm. Prophet would come back with ball, mm-hmm. Tony Massenburg would ball, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm balling with them, holding my own. And then these cats are like, "Man, can't wait to see what you do with Bucknell." You know, can't you know, can't wait, can't wait. And then I get to school, and then it, somehow something would happen that just you know. That didn't flow right. That's crazy. That's good. And because it wasn't, it, it was no longer, uh, you know, working out. Uh, right. it, it just made me be like, you know what? I've got to look at this and, and really and really see, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. You know? And the thing is, is that it, it, basketball is what, what makes me happy in terms of it being my happy place. Mm-hmm. But I can play basketball um, anywhere, anytime I want to. Right. You know, um, at six so, feet. Um, <laughs> at six feet. You know what I mean? Hell, even at five feet, I could. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so that's why, so that, that's when it started, you know, sophomore year in, in, uh, in college where I was like, I've got to, I've got to pick something, something else out just in case. Mm-hmm. Just in case. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm talking to Niambi Niambi. Uh, we're talking about his career as an athlete in uh, college, about his experiences as a in his academic training. When we come back. We're going to talk about his uh, acting career, what he's making his money with, or how, he, how he's paying the bills. He went from uh, I think six seasons on uh, Mike and Molly sitcom. I believe it was six seasons. I saw him on there playing the role of a waiter. Yeah. But this uh, this if you have not seen the Good Fight, okay, when we describe the uh, breakdown of this show, uh, I think you're going to become a fan and you're going to like find time to figure out how to watch the shows on CBS All Access. We'll be right back with more. Uh, from Bucknell to to the to the Bourne and Oklahoma University Hospital, correct? <laughs> He's That's a right. sooner. No sooner gonna die sooner, because he is a sooner. <laughs> be right back with my oh, man God. Niambi Niambi. That's right. He's the man. He's been on the show. He's an athlete and I always I, I love bringing people who are who on paper, you see how they've made a transition in his li- in their lives, you know, because you can be so successful in one direction and sometimes you can hold on to that that direction for too long because you're afraid to make change. And when you're an athlete, you, you can be driven by the physicality of that's what defines you. And that's why I love and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show, Niambi Niambi, because you are, you know, you are that athlete. You are defined by the, the possibilities of what you could do as a physical person. Like you said, you were competing against the Steve Blakes and the Juan Dixon and these are very familiar names for me, okay, from that whole, uh, you know, Maryland, Maryland, George time era back then when when they, when they were just just winning on the regular. Maryland is still having has a really successful program and Patrick Union trying to bring back the Georgetown program. But more importantly, you understood yeah. that God gave you more than one talent. You you understood that you you had multiple layers of opportunity. You just had to figure out how to use those and acting came along. Now let's talk about that transition to becoming a working actor. How did that all come about? You know, because you said you were passionate about it. We, we can have a lot of passion. Yeah. You know that. But you got to have the breaks and when you get the breaks, you got to take advantage of it. Talk to us about that. Well, here's the thing. So for me, the um, when, I made the, 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 when I made the decision to be an actor, um, it was made because I, I 
it, or imaginatively, I should say. Um, but I could see myself doing it when I'm 90. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could see that. Uh, every decision I made in terms of going to, you know, sell Adler Studio acting for uh, going to the public theater Shakespeare lab to study for a summer, um, you know, going to do regional theater, going uh, back to school, going back to uh, NYU to get my master's degree yes, in acting. Mm-hmm. All of that felt like a blip on that long scale of, of my career that would last through the age of 90. Mm. See? So like, any of those decisions I was making, I knew that I, I you know, I have time. I have time. I have time. I have time to be the best that I can be, to to figure this out, to uh, you know, I took you know to do background work on all my children, to do um, you know background on on uh, on um, you know Law and Order, mm-hmm. just so I can see what it's like to be on a set, you know. So like I could take the time to do things like that, to to uh, study my craft and see other people doing it, to get as close to other people that do it. Um, you know, and, you know, watch them, observe them, and then be able to say for myself, okay, that's great. I know what that is. Um, I know that, uh, and this has been fun. Every experience that I, I've, I've undertaken, I've tried to have the most fun with it. And I think the, uh, you know, any undertaking that you take on, uh, joy has to be a part of it. And so, um, even when I was a background actor, it was like joy, you know, it was, was a big part of it. But I, I, I said to myself, now that I've done that, I know that this was a great experience. Right. This isn't me. And so then mm. I'll move on to the next thing. Mm. Um, you know, because I knew exactly the sort of um, projects I, want, I wanted to uh, be a part of, the type of actor that, I, that uh, I know that I am. And if I'm not that yet, I was going to do the things that I, I needed to do to, um, to uh, bring myself there. Um, so, um, yeah, it's really, it was, it, it was really a journey of just trying to figure out, um, you, you know, who, who am I? And then who am I in this business? Well, who, and, who told you you uh, was funny though? Niambi, you know, the who people, told me I was funny? yeah, who told you you was funny though? Okay. This is a comedian. This is a professional comedian talking to you. Who told well, you you were funny? Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? So like, I've, I always knew that I was funny when, um, because, when I was in, when I was in like high school, right. college, mm-hmm. I was the dude, I was the quiet dude. Right. But like, at the same time, somebody would say something, I'd turn and whisper to my friend and say something funny, and then he'd burst out laughing, and everybody would be like, well, well what's happening? I'd be, and then he could be like, oh, Niamh yeah, just said something funny. <laughs> right, right, said something right, funny. right, right, right. So yeah. Right, so right. So then it wasn't, it wasn't until later, mm-hmm. like acting, all that, whatever, actually, I just, you know, it came out of my shell and I was just like, you know, I just started being goofy and just like saying whatever I thought and, and, you know, try to make people laugh and, 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 uh, bring joy to people, even if it was right. Uh, you know, even if it is, uh, you know, I'm sooner born to the bread out and, you know, I'll, I'll sooner die, whatever. So <laughs> like, but I like saying those things just to like, um, you know, make somebody smile. Like it's, it's, it's well, you know, so I'm, I'm going to say this to you, Diambi, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, about your, your talents, because to make yeah. to be funny is very difficult to be funny. You know that to be dramatic oh, is yeah, still a yeah. talent, but 
you're not forcing people to react. See, when you when you're being funny, yeah. you can, you're forcing people to laugh or to smile. So you could do a dramatic yeah. scene for a long period, and people just can sit there and just internalize it emotionally, and they might not react, mm-hmm. they might not cry, they might not show any facial features. And so, so when I look yeah. at your career and you're doing that, my man, that's that's the compliment that I gotta mm-hmm. throw to you. Very few people have done that in Hollywood very well. Robin Williams. I think he did it yeah. fantastically. Uh, Kevin Hart, I think, is doing an amazing job of it. Jim Carrey has made mm-hmm. those um, most monumental, serious, the comedic transitions on the on the on the big screen, and and you're doing it too now with the with the good fight. Now, I don't want to steal any thunder from the show, but tell everybody, set up everybody exactly what that show is. I got it right in front of me. I can tell them, but you know, I, I got to star of the show on here. You, you you got my boy Michael Boltman in there. I love him to death. One of my oh yeah, Michael yeah. Bowman. Daryl Lindo, that name right there, let you know. Yeah, you, you got some acting chops around you right there. You got to bring it when Daryl Lindo yeah. is in the scene, and then and no, she can sing, and she can sing like the wind. That's Ardra McDonald. So those are just yeah. three names, like because the show is based on a, a, a white talent being introduced into a black world. So I've set it up, mm-hmm. explain to everybody what goes on on The Good Fight, which is available on All Access CBS. Yeah, so like, you know, to answer your question before that, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, comedy uh, versus drama, like the way I would say it to people, it's just, you know, the difference is that it's just when you decide to say, th- say something. Right. It's the timing. You know, it's literally timing, pitch, all of those things, you know, and, 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 and just surprising people. And I think when you surprise people, it's like tickling them and they, they, and they laugh, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I love doing that. I love finding that, you know, just trying to surprise someone with, with, uh, with, you know, a well-timed joke, you know, and, um, and, and there's, there's some elements of that with, um, even with the good fight, but, um, but, you know, good fight, the good fight, drama, uh, we got, like you said, the amazing Delroy Lindo, um, <laughs> uh, who is the, uh, the, uh, the head of this law firm, mm-hmm. um, Reddit Bozeman at the time when you first start, Reddit Bozeman Colstad. And we have this, um, uh, we have, uh, Christine Baranski, amazing actress as well. Come on, who, um, the beautiful, you should uh, put the word beautiful, the word beautiful Christine Baranski. She's, the she's beautiful, awesome. wonderful Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. who they spin off from The Good Wife, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know her character Diane Lockhart, and she was going to retire, but then decides to come back because you know she got to make some money, mm-hmm. um, and the only people that would hire her were were, um, were uh, Adrian Bozeman, Delroy Lindo's character, because they needed a uh, they needed a diversity hire. Right. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, and so then this is us now. Uh, with with Christine, with Diane at our law, law firm, we are now at a, um, a traditionally um, uh, black law firm mm-hmm. um, watching the ins and outs of this company over uh, the next several seasons. So it's um, it's actually amazing. I mean, the actors that come through, I mean, we've had um, we had uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Mm. Uh, come through, which was great, um, who who um, is the um, the head of the law firm. You know, right. so he came in and, and did it, did an episode. But I mean, we have so many great guest stars that come through. I, like the writing is incredible. We're, we're always we're always uh, talking about what's current and 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 what's current and what's new. Something that went viral not too long ago was this video of uh, of Adrian Bozeman, which is Delroy Lindo, which from season two, mm-hmm. where he's on a news outlet and they're talking about the N word, and then he's like, you know what? 
Go ahead, man. Say it. Say it. You know you want to. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> and um and like and and you know, and it went viral. And people mm-hmm. were like, Well, what is this? What is this? And it was like, no, nah, that was from something two years ago that we shot on our show, The Good Fight. And we're but we're always current. We're always current hitting you with new stuff, hitting you with the things that you that, that people won't talk about and, and, and should. It's one of those, um, I call it a water cooler show. It's one of those shows to where, you know, you're at your water cooler, you're thinking about what you watched last night, and then somebody else comes up to the water cooler to get their water, and you look at them and you say, hey, see what happened on the good fight last night? And you're like, yeah, golly, yo. It was crazy. Now, what is so your character? What, what is your character, Neon B? What is your character? I knew you are an investigator on the show. Yeah, I played Jay the Persia. The uh, the in house investigator at uh, Reddick Bo- Reddick Bozeman uh, Colstad, uh, and for those who are up to date, uh, Reddick Reddick Bozeman uh, Lockhart, and uh, you know this cool dude, somebody who just uh, who who uh, you know gathers all the information. He, he he may he may not give you what you want, but he'll always give you what you need. Uh, you know, very mysterious uh, uh, sort of um, you know uh, investigator uh, in terms of his methods, but but um, but but reliable he's a dope like he's dope like you, you just like he's dope like right. you, you gotta you gotta watch this the, the show to understand what i'm talking about this in terms of not only my character how dope is that you know jade the persia is but then also the, just the world that um these characters all live in but not only that though the great acting like i say you know i don't want to gloss over the fact yeah. that you're a talented actor a young up-and-coming when you compare yourself to a Daryl Orlando mm-hmm. or, or the resumes that uh a michael boatman has mm-hmm. put out that put out there over the years over the decades you know yeah. these guys are they're yeah. they're truly working actors in this business and from an african-american standpoint mm-hmm. you you look at them and realize that because it's difficult just just to do anything consistently but from an african-american standpoint you can say i work as an actor for a living that's a testament to your talent mm-hmm. And your testament to how you handle relationships, because relationships is very important in all business, but especially in Hollywood, the Audrey McDonald. But there's a little, little nugget of information I want to say about this, about uh, Christine Baranski's character. Like she was doing well, really, really well. She was about to walk out in the sunset. Her husband got caught up in a Madoff type scam. And when he got caught up in that Madoff type scam, he lost all her money and his money, too. So she had to go find a job to anyone come close yeah, to kind did. of maintaining her job, which kind of like keeps her locked into this firm that offered her a job when nobody else wanted to hire because she had a little attitude out there, people that untouchable. She was a queen bee. <laughs> and so when everybody seen, saw the queen bee get stung, they were like laughing. Oh, yeah. You won't ask me for a job. I have nothing for you. Well, this African-American law firm. Law firm offered her a job, but guess what? It is it's not sitting very well with all African Americans at the firm. That's the beauty of this show because of the fact that I love it because there are classic shows on TV and you're involved in one, the Law and Order series, Homeland series. I have watched this show and and enjoyed the just, I'm gonna just tell you this. I'm a fan of yours. From a standpoint mm-hmm. of just watching you grow as a young man on the screen, I do believe Nyambi yeah. Nyambi, you have a career, and twenty years from now, you'll be Daryl Lindo, you'll be Michael Boltman, because you're showing that you have a versatile palette. You can play serious, you can play dramatic, and that's how you last in this business. If you look at Daryl Lindo's resume, comedy, 
drama. You look at Michael Boltman's resume, comedy drama. Look at Niambi Niambi's yeah. resume, comedy drama. Do not change, my friend. You're on a path for long-term success. Keep winning and keep understanding it. I want to make a quick shift right quick because I want to talk about you being okay. a comic book aficionado. So I, I brought that up early. I don't want nobody to say, man, he said he's going to talk to him about those comic books. He didn't say nothing. Tell us about that and tell us about your gaming background. Yeah, so Today. Um, I'm actually in many ways playing catch up because I, you know, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. And so the stuff that I was into as a kid were, were uh, comic strips and, and cartoons, right. but I never, I never knew a comic book store existed. Not a, um, I was in, in grad school and one of my classmates was like, Hey, I go to the comic book store every Wednesday. I do this, but other Wednesdays, why Wednesday? And he's like, yeah, it's the day that comics come out. And I'm like, wow, like that doesn't make sense. I was like, can I follow you to a comic book store? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I follow him to, to Midtown Comics in New York, one of the largest comic book stores in the country. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there, man, and it was like, it was Candyland. I could not believe all of the comics that I had missed. And, yeah. I, and that was like in front of me. And that had to be, that was, um, that was 15 years ago. And I'm telling you, from then on, it just been devouring comics nonstop. And um, so, like, like comics are a huge part of uh, of who I am, a part of, um, of of what I do. Right. Um, you know, I use it. I use it in terms of in terms of like foundational work, even for my acting. As far as you know, as because I'm a sketch artist. Mm-hmm. So as far as sketching. I'll sketch, like, if I see a scene and I see a scene where I may not, not like, you know, uh, so ter- in terms of what something may look like or, or mm-hmm. have a relationship to that mm-hmm. particular object or a relationship with that person, I'll draw the person, I'll draw the object developing a relationship with that person because I'm actually looking at the details of that object or the details of that person. So it's like really dope, um, you know, in terms of how comics have inspired that, um, you know, for me. Before it was comic strips that inspired that and now it's comic books that are doing that for me. Um, and then, um, what else? What That's else? a gamer. Oh, no, gaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gaming. Yeah, yeah, a huge gamer. Man. Like, the thing is, you know, I used to game a lot as a kid and then the game that brought me back into the fold was, um, was Metal Gear back in 2000, I want to say 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. 2003. On the, um, on the PS, so I want to say the PS2? I think mm-hmm. it was PS2. Maybe the PS1. Mm-hmm. I don't know, PS1. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, like game, like, like, you know, anything and everything, you know, games like the, you know, the last of us shadow of Mordor, well, you know, of course, play the 2k games, uh, NBA 2k FIFA cuphead. I'm playing uh, again on my Nintendo switch. One of the hardest games you'll ever play my boy, you know, we're arguing whether or not cuphead, you know, the villains in cuphead are, are, are as hard as Tyson from the, from Mike Tyson's punch out. Absolutely. You know, that's something that we argue about, you know, daily. Absolutely. So like, um, you know, like gaming is a huge part of what I do in terms of just passing the time and just like engaging the mind because you got to engage the mind every day. Wow. I'm going to tell you, I want to take you, I want to thank you for coming on my show. I'm talking to Niambi, Niambi, the star of the uh, CBS All Access series, uh, The Good Fight. Uh, my friend, know you have a home here with Rashawn McDonald on Money Making Conversations. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed the journey and allowed me to share a small portion of your life very quickly in my format called Money Making Conversations. I appreciate you coming on the show. 
My man, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to hear more interviews of Money Making Conversations, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.